Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, December the 13th, 2021, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a really strong nine-game NBA slate for this evening. Great weekend at DFS Coach Talk. Fantastic job by our NFL guys who were on it all weekend, uh, so shout out to that whole team here at Coach Talk. Uh, also, we had a, an awesome debut yesterday of Omaha Joe's NBA podcast, which was outstanding as well. So we, we're off to a great start already uh, on this Monday, uh, coming off our, our good Sunday action. Today's going to be a terrific uh, day. Again, nine-game main slate. I love, love the big slate, so this is right up my alley. Uh, some really good matchups, some interesting high totals and some low totals as well. And uh, also Monday Night Football coming up tonight. Uh, so our NFL guys will be also be back for that. So a very busy Monday. Uh, we're looking forward to all kinds of things uh, coming down the stretch here before Christmas. We have a, a 12 days of Christmas giveaway and discount uh, that will be added uh, to our stream and to our uh, website here uh, today. So keep an eye out for that announcement. We've also got a big $50 ticket giveaway uh, for a Christmas Day uh, event uh, tournament as well. So all kinds of news coming down the pike. Uh, if you haven't uh, subscribed already and you're watching on YouTube, please hit the, that subscribe button, the thumbs up. Give us a little comment. Tell us if you like the pod. Uh, any suggestions, any questions. We love that input and love the, the banter back and forth. So we would love to have you uh, make a comment there. If you're listening uh, to us audio-wise, wherever podcasts can be heard, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Uh, just take a second, give us a five-star rating and a little comment. If you do those two things, you qualify for our monthly drawing at the end of each month for a full access free week of uh, DFS Coach Talk. So jump in that uh, as well. All right, let's dive into this slate. We've got a lot of action to talk about, some great matchups. And I'll tell you what, I mean, the NBA is always crazy as far as building lineups and getting your you know rotations figured out and exactly how you want to uh, get everything going for the night. And then there's always some news that drops right towards the end that shuffles things around for you. But I can't remember a stretch of time, uh, you know, more than these last couple of weeks as far as late changes, uh, COVID protocol stuff, injuries, uh, rest. I mean, it's it's been amazing how much uh, action there is late on the waiver wires and and news gods and all these other things coming out, you know, uh, right at the last minute. So what I'd recommend really, you know, we tell our members the same thing, get your lineups, uh, you know, dummy lineups set in your contest, pick those out either the night before or the morning of. So this way, you know, which contest you're in um, and you got that all set. So that's one thing off the list. Check out the podcast, go through that with us. And then what you want to do is update those lineups a little bit if you can from listening to the podcast. So at least 
you know, that lineup isn't going to have to majorly change. You may change half of it, but that's a lot easier. Then join us in Discord throughout the afternoon or toward the end of your workday, because that's where all the information comes through. As soon as it posts, we're adjusting, we're discussing in Discord what this means, what the usage looks like now with whoever it is off the court, and how's it going to affect the other team from a defensive standpoint, on and on. So there are a lot of pivots, if you will, that take place uh, up until lock. And then uh, as a member, you'll get uh, 25 minutes before lock, you're going to get a a DraftKings clipboard, which will give you five uh, key players to use as your core, and then several other players that you can utilize to fill in that, that lineup. And then you get a full FanDuel uh, cash and GPP lineup. Same thing for Yahoo. So uh, it gives you a chance in that last 20, 25 minutes. And sometimes it's 10, 15 minutes. If major news breaks uh, right in that last 30 minutes, we have to read and react quickly and uh, make those changes because those are big advantages. And one, one last point I wanted to make, if you're making those last minute changes and you're not sure what you want to do, flip that guy into that spot where you can rotate him out. You know, that utility spot on DraftKings, for example, where, you know, it's a later start game and you can make some changes because all the games don't start at the same lock time. Usually there's only maybe a couple. So just just uh, one thing that I do a lot because uh, late swap has become a necessity. I mean, the old days of, you know, plug my roster in, you know, lock set, and now I can leave for the night and not even pay attention to it. Uh, those days are gone. I mean, you know, there were times where some of the sites didn't even have late swap, but now all of the major sites do. And often that becomes a key part in, in our strategy. And it should should be for you as well, because uh, value opens, uh, you know, big names are out. So you've got to follow that. Let us do the majority of the work for you. I mean, If you take the time at work, put the earbuds in, whatever, listen to the podcast, let us do all the work up, you know, up until uh, uh, we post, check that out, Uh, go ahead and set those lineups, and then we'll follow it through for you in Discord, and we'll post at everyone so everybody sees it if we're making any lineup changes. Okay, terrific. Nine games. We're going to go right at this. No breaks, no plugging anything. We're just going to go through all nine games. So if you want to join us, go to dfscoachtalk.com. Very simple. The memberships are there. You can get a three-day for as little as 10 bucks, five-day for 19 and there's a lot of other options as well. All right, my friends. Monday, December the 13th, the first game on the slate. It is the Sacramento Kings, Toronto Raptors, 7 p.m., Toronto minus five. It's a 220 and a half total. Real nice total. 107.75 implied for Sacramento. 112.75 for Toronto. Uh, Sacramento comes into the game 11 and 16. Toronto at 12 and 14. So disappointing for both sides. Uh, Injury, Sacramento. Rashawn Holmes out. And here are the five guys out for Toronto. Achua, Ananobi, Birch, Dragic, and Johnson. So a lot of injuries on both sides of the slate. 
for this uh, this game. Well, I mean for the Toronto side, but an important one in Holmes on the other side. And then um, statistically, we're looking at pace, which Sacramento is third. Toronto is 25th. So huge pace up game for Sacramento, and they are pay- playing much faster with Gentry. And that's why the 220 and a half total. I know Toronto has the 112 side of it and Sacramento has the 107. But I think for DFS purposes, there might, it might be more advantageous uh, to look at the Sacramento side just because, um, you know, I, I think this just is a nice matchup for them. But from the Toronto side, it is a, a major pace up. It's paced down for Sacramento. I don't know if I said that backwards. But still, Sacramento's in a good spot. Toronto's even even better spot. Now, defensively, which really also favors uh, Raptors, is Sa- uh, Sacramento's 26th uh, and Toronto is 14th. But here's my point in all this while I'm going back and forth who has the advantage. It's pretty even. And the reason being is it's the first night of a back-to-back for the Raptors. So whenever you have one a team on one side or the other uh, in a back-to-back, it really changes things. It affects coaches' rotations, that extra three to four minutes, which can be all the difference in the world uh, for your DFS score. So uh, I like this game all the way around. Like I say, I think it's advantageous on both sides for multiple reasons. And I think you get some good plays here. De'Aaron Fox at 8-2 and his counterpart, Fred Van Vliet, at 9 are are not out of question for me. I think they're both playable commodities. Tyrese Halliburton's, I think, just too cheap at 5-7. Gary Trent Jr., still too cheap at 6K. His price has not come up like I thought it should. So those guys definitely deserve uh, a mention. Um, The other guys I've looked at a bit, Marvin Bagley starting to take on a bigger role under Gentry now that Gentry's took over, and he's only 3-8, so that could be a very nice play. Um, after that, Terrence Davis at 4-1, um, maybe, uh, but you know, a little more GPP-ish. Not crazy about uh, really the depth of Alex Lynn, Trist- Tristan Thompson, Davion Mitchell, just too many guys uh, si- uh, siphoning in with minutes, etc. On the Toronto side, uh, 7-6 Barnes is a good play. I mean, he's triple-double kind of guy, so you can consider him. And, and Pascal Siakam, Siakam, he's 8-5, which is high, but there are games where he's just really dominant. And the fact that you know they get to pace up all the way to the third-fastest team, they're going to get extra possessions, I think he's in play. Um, you know, If you want to go super cheap with Boucher and hope he gets 20-25 minutes, uh, at 4-3, not, you know, I wouldn't argue with you. A lot of centers and some good value here. So, you know, where you can use them at power forward, it, it may be more uh, advantageous. But love this game. Love to have exposure here right out of the chute. I think you could consider multiple guys here. Fox, Hal Burton, Bagley, Van Vliet, Trent, Barnes, and Siakam. You've got just, uh, you know, a really good group to choose from here and I'll have plenty of exposure. All right, game two, another 7 p.m. Eastern game. It's the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland's minus 5.5. The total is 209.5. 102 flat for Miami, 107.5 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Miami comes in at 16 and 11, and Cleveland comes in at 16 and 12. So not many people, as, as we approach 30 games played in this season, would have guessed that these two teams would have almost the same record. But Cleveland has been amazing for uh, what product they put out on the floor. They've played great and being coached very well. Uh, we have two different diverse looks here. Cleveland, nobody injured at all. And you've got, you know, who's who for the Heat. Uh, Adebayo, Butler, Martin, Morris, and Oladipo all out. So good thing is we have the, you know, we don't have to guess as the time comes, which is half the battle just knowing who's in and out. So you can actually make some sense of, of what you're trying to put together. Um, statistically, pace-wise, this isn't the best game. That's why you've only got a 209 and a half total. Miami's 23rd, Cleveland's 14th. But the kicker is defensively, these teams are terrific. Miami's seventh, Cleveland third. I don't think they've been third since literally the uh, Brad Doherty, Mark Price, uh, Larry Nance Sr., uh, that squad uh, was really terrific defensively. But uh, it's been a long time since they've had this kind of D. They played decent D with Le in the LeBron years, but never dominant uh, defense uh, like this This has been with the two bigs, Mobley and Allen, inside. And speaking of Mobley and Allen, you know, with Bam out and just shuffled the deck there with Tucker and Deadman playing the big spots, you know, they're both good defenders, but you know, they're not, uh, they're not BAM to me at this point uh, of their careers. And so Mobley and Allen always have to be in the discussion when it's a situation like that. Thing is, price-wise, you know, you've gotten to the point here where you really have to make a choice. Uh, you've got a, a price up on Allen of 8.6, and you've got a fair mid-level price for Mobley at 7.1. So in consideration there, I'm not sure how they're going to defend Mobley, they've tried different things in the past. Tucker's just, uh, you know, like a, a foot shorter, for goodness sakes, it seems like, than Mobley. And, you know, they'll move other guys around on him as well. But I think he gets the biggest mismatch. And at 7-1 is really a good price. He's definitely in consideration for me. Kyle Lowry came out, played great the last go around, uh, and uh, could be right in that same situation. Now, with all the guys, you know, out, Gabe Vincent at 4-2, he made it to his number. Duncan scored a bunch of buckets at 4-3, which he does have to score a bunch of buckets to get to the number, but both of those guys can be considered. Um, Deadman, if you want to go down to 5K at center, is always uh, playable. And Tyler Hero off the bench is at 7-2 uh, and uh, looking for, you know, a, a one of his giant games uh, very soon. The other possibilities for Cleveland, you have a pretty expensive uh, Darius Garland now at 8-2, but he's he's really good, uh, but that's pretty pretty hefty price. Markinen at 5K can step it up. He might be a solid value play himself. And like I say, Mobley at 7-1. That's probably about as far as I'd go uh, with a nine-game slate like this. All right, game three, Golden State Warriors and Indiana Pacers. Uh, you have Golden State on the first night of a back-to-back, -back, so that is a, a bit of a concern. Uh, and uh, it's uh, Golden State by only four and a half, 
But that 213 total is pretty low for a Golden State game, the way they've been playing. But they defend so well, uh, that's where a lot of the issues come. Um, implied for Golden State is 108.75. Indiana is 104.25. Uh, Golden State comes in at 21 and 5. The Pacers at 12 and 6. Injuries out for Golden State, Igadala, Thompson, and Wiseman. And then for Indiana, you've got um, probable Wanamaker, questionable Justin Holiday, which is important news. And then you have McConnell and Warren already listed as out. So the, the theme is we, here is we are seeing a lot of guys that are already ruled out, which I would rather know that than all the questionable tags going into, uh, you know, that last hour or so on a slate. So it's a little bit more clear. A lot of guys still out, but it is a little bit more clear. Um, Golden State is fifth in the league in pace. Indiana 19th. So pace up for the Pacers. The problem is Golden State is the toughest defensive team in the league. They are number one. Indiana is 13th. So they have improved uh, a bit each, uh, each flash here. Um, looking at this game, you know, the total's not phenomenal. We know Golden State D's it up. It is the first night of a back-to-back, -back, so maybe they use their bench a little bit more. Uh, do you go up to Steph Curry at 11-4? We know he's trying to break that threes record, so he's going to be letting them fly. But if uh, Indiana tries to defend him uh, in any way like Philadelphia did, man, they were pasted on him. Uh, you know, I don't. Indiana doesn't have a thighble, but still the doubles and just not making somebody else beat them, uh, you know, that makes it tough for Curry. And Brogdon can defend. And 11-4 is a big number. So uh, don't know if I'll go with Curry, but I'm telling you, on any given slate, he can get the 10-3. So it is always a concern for sure. Um, Jordan Poole at 5-9 is, is playable for sure. Wiggins at 6-2 had a few great games now, enough to really be into consideration. Draymond's going to have his hands full inside with Looney. Looney's a good defender, though. I have to give him that. But those guys are going to be, you know, tangled up with Sabonis and Turner. So not sure how much you're going to get from them offensively. So really pulling Wiggins, the, the options for me on the Golden State side. On the Indiana side, you know, you've got some value there. Duarte at 4-5 I think is too cheap. Lavert at 6-5 is probably too cheap as well. Now, Wiggins can defend now. I mean, he didn't in it early in his career, but his last couple of years at Golden State, he has turned into a very fine defender. So not as high on Lavert as I would be. Um, Sabonis, I get on, you know, he, he has been terrific at times this year, but with Green and Looney, I think I'm going to shy away from Sabonis and Turner uh, today just because of, of uh, the quality of defense and, and defensive scheme that Steve Kerr runs. Plus, by the way, I don't know if you if you read it, but congratulations to Steve Kerr. He's the next a Basketball USA coach. I thought that was really cool. We always follow uh, the Olympic basketball very closely, and I, I can't imagine a better choice than Steve Kerr. He assisted uh, Pop on the, the uh, team that won the gold this year, so it'll be fun to watch him develop
this next Olympic unit. So uh, that will be terrific. All right, let's go to game number four. It is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Boston favored by one in Boston, 217.5 total, 108.25 for Milwaukee, 109.25 uh, for the Boston Celtics. Um, this, this is going to be a real barn burner game. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Milwaukee comes in at 18 and 10. Boston has dropped to one game below four, uh, 500 at 13 and 14. Uh, again, with the theme today, we already know the guys out from Milwaukee, at least to this point. Uh, it's DiVincenzo, Lopez, Matthews, and Ojale. They're all out. Um, for Boston, we have a tag of probable on Marcus Smart, and we know Fernando and Richardson are out. So uh, looks like Jalen Brown is back in the building. Whether he has a, a minutes restriction or not, we'll have to watch. Uh, the big news in this one is Milwaukee's on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, so that certainly has an effect. Coach Bud is not one to drive his players into the ground with minutes, so that could affect this game and needs to be considered, and I think is really the reason Boston has favoritism here uh, in Vegas, even though it's only by one. Um, Pace-wise, Golden, Golden State, Milwaukee is 13th, and Boston is 18th middle of the road pace, but you have two top 10 Ds. That's the issue here. Milwaukee's eighth, Boston's 10th. So strong defenses, um, you know, but average pace, average total, definitely can go with a one-off here and there in this game. You know, I'm, I'm not going to stack anything up. That's for sure. I think it'll be a hard fought game, but you know, if you want to pay all the way up for Giannis, he's 11-6, which is a little bit tough. Drew Holiday's fair at 7-7. Middleton remains right dead in the middle, you know, mid-price at 7-4. Bobby Portis at 7-2. On the, the Boston side, again, smart, probable, but a little dinged up. So I wouldn't, I would steer from him. You know, the whole Brown Tatum thing when they're both in, I just don't like playing them because <clears throat> they share that uh, usage. And pricing is tough. Brown 9-1, Tatum 9-4. Uh, Horford at 6'6", Robert Williams at 5'1", more GPP-ish for me. Uh, Schroeder can pop off, but he's up to 6'3". So not my favorite game. Maybe a one-off on either side, but uh, that's about it for me in, in that one. I, I'd like to watch it, but I don't think I want to roster it very much in, uh, in DFS. So, all right, we go on to game number five. It's the Houston Rockets and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, this is the big game winner of the day as far as total. It is a nice total. There's not many that approach 230, as we know, in this uh, this style of NBA. But but the problem is we have a double-digit favorite. So you get that big, big number, but, you know, does it stay close enough? Atlanta is an 11.5-point favorite over Houston. It's a 227 total, 107.75 for Houston, 119.25 for Atlanta, which is a big number. You don't see a lot of approaching 120 uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Houston comes in at 8 and 18. 
Atlanta comes in at 13 and 13, double lucky number 13s there. Um, injuries, again, straightforward thus far to this point. We know for Houston, their starting backcourt of Green and Porter remain out. House and Wall also out. But they played decent ball without those guys. Atlanta, the two scoring wings, Bogdanovich and Hunter, are also out. So we know the status of what's going on here. Uh, the exciting part is Houston is the fastest-paced team in the league. So you give a fast-paced team to a guy like Trey Young, with John Collins running the floor and, uh, you know, Capella filling the lane for some lobs. Dangerous, dangerous game that could get out of hand uh, as far as total goes if Atlanta keeps it close enough. So makes perfect sense why this this game is so, uh, you know, high on the, on the list here for total. The other piece is defensively these teams are terrible. Houston's 23rd and Atlanta's a very disappointing 25th. So you've got pace, you've got bad defense, you've got guys that can score on the move. You know, I know it doesn't take a, a team of attorneys to sit down and determine this is the best game uh, on the slate. It, it just is. Uh, total or no total, it's not sneaky, but I don't see how you don't come out of here with some serious exposure because you have also the best of both worlds. You have the ability to buy up and you have the ability to save some money uh, mid-level pricing. You can look at Ar Armani Brooks at 4.8. You can look at Eric Gordon at 5.3. Garrison Matthews at 4.5. You know, again, Matthews is, can always be that trap play. Or you can go up to Christian Wood at 9.3. Uh, you know, it's all those guys in play for me. Uh, for Atlanta, I think 10.3 in this matchup, might be just a fine one for Trey Young. You know, it's an island game for both of these teams. Uh, ten, I haven't played paid over the 10 number on Trey. Uh, you know, I talked about it the other day. It's just he becomes points and assists, you know, are really the thing. And he, he needs to not turn it over a bunch really to get to a, a 60, 65 number. But, you know, this is certainly the conducive matchup that could lead to that. So I think... You have to consider him. Herter's still in play, even though Reddish is back. Reddish, you can discuss. Herter's 5-6, Reddish is 3-3. Three, three. You know, but with Bogdanovich and Hunter still out, those guys are going to get minutes. Uh, don't want to go to TLC at 3-2. He's just too, too unpredictable. Uh, not even really GPP for me. The bigs are in play. I mean, Collins remains very fair priced at 7-2. He never seems to blow the roof off the stadium, but... He gets to his number quite a bit. And Capella at 7-8, you know, this is the kind of game that there's going to be a ton of shots, a ton of opportunities to rebound. I could easily see Capella, you know, with a 15-16 rebound game here. And he's in play for me. I may go, uh, you know, big and small with some value in like a Brooks and Gordon and then a pay up for young and mid-range for Capella. So, Love this game. Think you have to have exposure here, uh, and it should be a fun one. All right, next one. It is uh, an eight o'clock game. Uh, the first eight, the only eight o'clock game on the slate. Actually, it's the Philadelphia 76ers and Memphis Grizzlies. Philadelphia is favored by three. Uh, it's a two oh nine and a half total. One oh six point two five implied for Philly, and a one oh three point two five. 
uh, implied for the Grizz. As far as uh, where these teams sit coming into this game, Philadelphia is 15 and 12. Memphis is 16 and 11. For Philadelphia, Riller and Simmons out. For Memphis, uh, we have a questionable tag on Triple J, so we need to know his uh, situation. Steven Adams is the one uh, that looks like he's going to be out. He's doubtful, but trending towards out. Um, and then Clark, Merrill, John Morant, and Zaire Williams all out. So Memphis has just been smashed uh, by the injury bug. What it does is open up some serious uh, value in this game, too. So let's let's go back and, and look at a couple of things here. We've got Philadelphia 28th in pace, so that's not a fun piece. Uh, Memphis is sixth, though, so that'll keep the ball moving here. Uh, definite pace up spot uh, for Philadelphia. Defensively, you know, nothing to write home about because Philly's played a lot of games without Embiid. I think Danny Green is really slowing down defensively on the perimeter. They certainly have lost an absolute abundance of perimeter defense with Simmons being out. And, you know, Philadelphia, who was a top five defensive team all of last year, is 17th. And again, Memphis 21st. So I think there's going to be points here. I think 209 and a half is pretty low. But because there's so many players out, I think that's what they're looking at here. Um, Tyrese Maxey, 6K, very fair. Curry at 5'7", also <clears throat> very playable. Tobias Harris stays at 7'7". You know, the guy that you have to worry about here is Embiid uh, with the bigs out for Memphis. It's going to be hard to throw enough bodies on him, especially if Jackson doesn't play. But uh, Xavier Tillman is going to be the guy that's going to get all the, the love. He'll be the, the chalk today, and everybody will be on him, and deservedly so. Tillman's not just a plug-in backup center. He can score the ball. You know, I remember a couple 30 DFS point nights back-to-back -back when he had that stretch where he had to play a lot of center, and he really he can score the basketball. Uh, the problem is, how is he going to stop and beat? So, you know, if you're not going to pay up for Trey Young in this last game, maybe you just bite the bullet and pay up for Embiid again. Um, you know, he's had some monster games um, and this, you know, with a mismatched interior, this could be a, a really solid game for him. Um, these two teams are both on an island as well. So a lot of value here to me with Maxi and Curry uh, and certainly Desmond Bain still at 6'6 has been so tough. I love Dylan Brooks at 6'2. Um, you know, I think he's a great play. And, you know, lock and load the free square of the day, Xavier Tillman at 3-4. So for a 209.5 total, I could come out of here with three guys. I know it sounds crazy, but I like this game. I like the way it sets up. It's a mismatch of sort of skills and size. And I think that can, you know, really create a good situation for DFS points. All right. We've got an 8-30 game, and it's the, the Charlotte Hornets at the Dallas Mavericks. It is a back-to-back -back for Dallas. Uh, we know that uh, Lucas sat the last game, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Dallas is favored by four at home. It's a 219 and a half total, so good total 
Uh, 107.75 uh, implied for Charlotte, 111.75 uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Charlotte comes in at 15 and 13. Mavericks come in at 13 and 13. So they got the double lucky uh, uh, standings right now at 13 wins, 13 losses. Charlotte is second in the league in pace. So talk about pace up game for Dallas. It's craziness. Um, and uh, Dallas is 30th. So not only are they the slowest team in the league, they also uh, are on a back-to-back. -back. And then uh, defensively, though, these teams aren't good. Charlotte can't be any worse. They're the worst. They're 30th. And so that's why we've been stacking up Charlotte games left and right, because second high, best pace, worst defense, you know, that, that just screams DFS. You know, they're, they're a darling of DFS in the games that they play. Dallas is only 16th in defense, so that's, you know, really very subpar to, to mid-level. Injuries, P.J. Washington is questionable, which is important, because Ball, McDaniels, Plumley, and Smith all remain out. You know, Terry Rozier's back, so that's going to help. But, you know, the interior, who's going to get those minutes? Is it going to be Vernon Carey? You know, they have a slew of guys, especially if P.J. Washington doesn't play. If P.J. does play, we need to just know if there's a minutes restriction or what that scenario is because he could get uh, solid minutes if he's healthy. For the Mavericks, right now, Doncic has already been ruled out. That ankle's still bothering him. Stein and Brown are uh, both probable. So it's just mainly Luca on the sidelines again, which on a second night of a back-to-back, -back, that spells trouble. Um, again, Rozier back at 7-2, playable. Kelly Oubre's been ridiculous, but 8-4 starting to get a little bit rough to swallow. Gordon Hayward at 7-5 can be a little hit or miss. I would say, you know, more so uh, GPP-ish. I'm just not feeling 100% there. Uh, Miles Bridges, again, you know, he's been solid as a rock. He's 8K. I like him in this game. Uh, not going to go Nick Richards probably or Vernon Carey, especially not knowing what uh, P.J. Washington's uh, status out status is. Uh, the guy that, you know, is super interesting here and it, that is back is Cody Martin. He's been absolutely out of his mind. <clears throat> but with Rozier back, that, that stings a little, and we have to determine what that rotation is going to look like. But, man, Rozier, Oubre, even Hayward, Bridges, and Martin are all guys I would consider uh, against Dallas. On the Dallas side, you know, you can feel pretty good about Jalen Brunson. But with Rozier back, that hurts a little. Brunson's only 5'8", but, you know, I love Rozier's D. I don't know how much, you know, Rozier's going to play, if he's going to have any minutes restriction. That's going to depend, you know, whether I consider Rozier or even whether I consider Brunson because I think Rozier's defense can bother him. Uh, Bullock, Finney, Smith, no, Powell, those three guys are terrible. That's why Dallas is terrible. Sorry, it is what it is. Porzingis, you know, 8K isn't a bad price for him. Um, somebody's got to score the ball. Uh, but I, I think Charlotte may win this game outright, to be honest with you, as, as and I'm a Mavericks fan. So I just don't like the feel of it without Luka in this 
matchup. Miles Bridges has played phenomenal defense, blocking shots and getting it done. And he can jump so well. I think he can bother Porzingis and he's strong too. So yeah, I don't like this matchup very much. Uh, I guess you can consider Tim Hardaway with, uh, you know, the potential of, of, you know, raining a bunch of threes, uh, you know, because it's such a fantastic pace up game. So I would like to have some exposure on the Dallas side to match the Charlotte side, uh, but I still have to make a decision on Brunson, Porzingis, or Hardaway. All right. We've got two games left. 9 p.m. game, Washington and Denver. Denver minus four and a half, 215 and a half total, 105 and a half implied for Washington, 110 for the Denver Nuggets. Coming into this game, Washington is 15 and 12. We have another team that's 13 and 13. So three lucky squads tonight, all with 13 wins, 13 losses playing. Um, as far as injuries, Bryant, Hashimura, Kuzma remain out. And then for Denver, we have Will Barton questionable. That's extremely important. Uh, we really need uh, to know that before we completely break this game down. Uh, Green is unlikely to play. Uh, Murray and Rivers uh, remain out. So a couple of question marks there, uh, but we just need a little bit of confirmation to feel better uh, about how that game's going to go. Problem with this game, 215.5 is pretty high considering these two teams are so damn slow. Washington 24th and Denver 26th. So limited possessions, uh, you know, which creates lower DFS point availability. Uh, defensively, though, both teams struggling. Washington is falling like a rock. They had peaked out at fifth or like three, four games into the season. They're already down to 18th, so uh, definitely that defensive wizardry, no pun intended, was uh, has really uh, slacked off. The Nuggets are 20th, so that's a big issue for them. Uh, they played better defense last year for sure. Uh, as far as how this game's looking, you know, you've got a lot of things to consider here. Is, is the Joker your pay-up guy, and can you afford 12K? Once you hit that 12 number and above, uh, it starts getting a little bit more serious because it, it definitely affects uh, really having to dig in and find some great value. But 12K is a little bit of a concern there. Uh, can he smash here? I, I do think he can. I mean, Gafford is a decent defender. Harrell's a little undersized, but it really doesn't matter. Joker's to the point with his game where you can't defend him. I don't care if it's Gobert. I mean, he's just the Joker is going to do his thing. And that's why he's the MVP and has a chance to win it again. So, you know, certainly has to have to consider him. It creates a little bit of difficulty in structuring the rest of your lineup, but he's got to be a, a consideration here. Uh, other guys for on the, on that side of the ball, Morris at five, seven Barton, if he plays at six, eight, and Gordon at 6'3", but there's risk with all those guys. There's sometimes they just don't play well enough around the Joker. Um, as far as Washington, Spencer Dinwiddie's all the way down to 5'2". That gets my interest. Bradley Beal at 8'4". You know, if Barton plays, Barton defends Beal well. If Barton doesn't play or is limited, 
then I think you can you can uh, dial up Bradley here because this is the kind of game he really could uh, go off on. But uh, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, that's not a sure thing because there's not great pace in this game. Um, after that, you know, uh, Denny Aldea got it done for us last time at three five. He was a nice little value play. I do like him a little bit in the starting lineup. I think he's one of those value guys that you can expect to contribute because he can score the ball and he rebounds. He's a big dude, uh, you know, for a small forward position that he plays a lot of the time. Uh, but uh, somebody you can consider. I, I'm still not, I'm still shying away from the Gafford Harrell split. Not, you know, really interested in anybody else off the bench there either. All right. Last game, it is a 10.30 all by itself. Starts an hour and a half after every other game. So it'll be the late night sweat game, exposure here, all the catchphrases in DFS. You know, are you going to have late swap in this game, et cetera, et cetera. So something to consider. We have the Phoenix Suns and the LA Clippers. Phoenix by only three and a half. You have a 212 and a half total, 108 implied for Phoenix, 104.5 for the LA Clippers. Phoenix comes in at 21 and 4. The Clippers are 15 and 12. Uh, interesting. DeAndre Ayton questionable. So extremely important. You know, does, does him sitting make McGee a really strong value play? You know, that's what we need to know. So that would be the pivotal spot you might want to leave, uh, but it'd have to be a 2v2 because you don't want to get stung on, on price there if you're going to wait for that news for the late game. Uh, Booker remains out, Kaminsky, Nader, and Sarich as well. For the Clippers, the questionable tag is on Nick Batum. So that's something that we need to watch. Uh, more than likely, George isn't going to play here. He's doubtful. And from what I read, he's probably going to be out. We know Kawhi and Preston remain out. So interesting here. I think there's some really good value. Uh, some, you know, you've got two sides of the coin in this game as well. You've got a great pace, fourth and seventh. So they get up and down the floor, but great defense. Two top of the top four. Phoenix second, Clippers fourth. So definitely not a stack game in that sense, uh, but an exposure game with the pace and some of these main guys that are out. Like I say, if Aiton's out, I think McGee is playable. I think that, you know, you, you have a chance here with Booker out still to go to Chris Paul at 8-3. Mikhail Bridges at 5-4 is going to pick up some of that slack. Uh, Jay Crowder now gets into play if Aiton is out at 4-5. And you can consider Cam Johnson at 4-6 off the bench as well. So definitely some playable guys on that side of the ball. And then the same likewise for the Clippers. Jackson is sub-6K at 5-9, which puts him directly in play. Terrence Mann at 4-4. Marcus Morris at 4-6. Both terrific value plays there. Uh, I could see myself going to either one or both of those guys. Uh, we don't know if Batum's in. If he's not, it elevates guys like Luke Kennard and Brandon Boston, who had his breakout a surreal game where he could not miss a shot, uh, even when he wasn't looking at the basket. 
So guys that you can consider, Boston is the dead men. Uh, Bledsoe's at 4K, not as crazy about him, but certainly some terrific value here. Uh, I think that's going to be really the theme of this last game with guys like Bridges, Crowder, uh, Mann, Morris, and those kind of folks, because that really is going to make it work. And if you do enough of that, you could get up to a joker and one of the other pay-up guys. You know, that it's possible you can go joker Trey Young. Um, you know, that becomes into play. Uh, stuff like that. So a lot of options here, a lot of different strategic builds. I could see stars and scrubs. I can see uh, one star with a lot of medium build and one or two super great value plays because – the one thing that's tough is following all this news, all these changes, all these injuries, all these guys sitting out. But the great thing is it opens up a lot of value and allows a lot of different roster construction. So a nine-game slate with all that volatility plays right into our hands here at Coach Talk. This is the kind of slate that we crush. And, you know, when it's a three-, four-game slate, everybody's on the same value guy or two. Everybody's paying up for the same superstar. You know, it's very boring. It's almost like playing a showdown slate for me. I just, I don't enjoy those. They're not challenging for me. Not that I win them all. I wish I did, or I'd just play them. It's just that it's, it's figuring it out. You know, when you already have four or five of your spots, just no brainers, and you only have to build, you know, two, three spots, it's, it's just not the same. These kind of slates where you can go multiple different directions, uh, you know, you just have, it gives you the opportunity to set yourself apart. So that's what we do at Coach Talk. We talk a lot about it every day. We talk about bankroll management, contest selection. Those two pieces are more important than your building your lineup. And I'll argue that with anybody. So all of those fall in line together. Um, you can sustainably win long-term in DFS. So if you're tired of <clears throat> reloading or trying to throw things into an optimizer and play that optimal the same as, you know, a thousand other people. And you want to hand build, you want to look at things from a different perspective. We're very unique in that manner. We hand build all our lineups. Not that we don't use the analytics and the optimizers. We do. But when it comes down to it, we believe that the average DFS player is going to build one or two lineups and play in specific contests. We recommend a lot of cash lineups where you can double up or 50-50s or head-to-head -head so that you can build a bankroll and then play some single-entry GPPs where you can start, you know, really cashing. Um, and the problem is a lot of people want to approach it, and I always see it, especially during the holiday time. Some people have some off time, you know, they're going to put take some shots, and they'll enter They'll load 50 bucks and they'll play these multi-entry uh, tournaments where all the sharks out there uh, that are just using the optimizers and crunching 150 lineups and boom, you're one against 150 against pros. Uh, good luck with that. I mean, you know, I tell people go play the Powerball. You know, it's about the same odds. So if you want to really pick the right contest, have the right lineup builds, we are the place to go. It's dfscoachtalk.com to become a member. If you're watching this on YouTube on the way out, please a thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a comment or question. 
that combination really helps us. Listen up uh, later today for or tonight for our big announcement on the 12 days of Christmas giveaway. Uh, we're going to have some fantastic uh, opportunities for people. And we're also going to have a drawing uh, for a $50 ticket into a contest on the Christmas Day slate. So that will be given to a member uh, of our of our uh, Coach Talk team or to family. So, all right, that is it, everyone. Appreciate uh, you listening in on this Monday. Hope this really helps you build some winning lineups. Tomorrow, uh, Tuesday the 14th, it's a four-game slate. Uh, Mr. Andrew Hansen will be here for the podcast and supplying lineups. So definitely tune in for that. Uh, we've got an NFL podcast up for this Monday game tonight. So please check that one out. And then uh, come on in, join us. Get a, You'll be in Discord tonight. Get all of our NBA plays, all of our NFL plays. And then we'll go from there. All right. Thank you very much again for listening in. Have a fantastic Monday. And let's start off the week with some big wins. And then we'll be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.